Buenos dias. Good morning. It is a pleasure to be here with you today, especially on this day that you are commissioning the CDC. That's because one of the ministries that we're involved in in Barcelona is a new program we have started called Mama Aventura. It's the combination of the two words mama and adventure, because isn't it an adventure to be a mama? And it is a mom and top program for immigrant moms and their children. And so we know firsthand the work that each of you do. You do it on a much larger scale than what we're doing. But we, I want to say from my point of view, thank you for the love and the attention that you give to children because this church's commitment to young people to help them provide a strong foundation, it will make a lifelong impact in their lives. To know that they are loved, that they are cared for, that they have a solid educational foundation will make all the difference. And I thank you for your commitment to young children and their families. My husband Matt and I are here today. We are in the U.S. this summer because our youngest just started his freshman year of college at NC State. We moved him here uh, get him adjusted. Uh, my husband, bless his heart, is a lifelong Carolina fan. <laughs> and my son got into NC State. My daughter entered the master's and PhD program in sociology at NC State this fall. And he told the two of them that if they both got in and went to NC State that he would convert. <laughs> so we are now not a house divided, but we are a Wolfpack family. So go pack. <laughs> uh, for the past 10 years, our family has lived and served on mission in Barcelona, Spain. And due to a history of negative religious expression culminating with the Spanish Civil War, where the Catholic Church sided with the fascist dictator Franco against the people who lived in our region of Spain, Catalonia, the Catalan culture has virtually abandoned the church and really most religions. The people are highly, highly secular. In fact, in a Gallup poll taken in 2016, it named Spain as the fifth most atheist country in the world. Fifth most atheist country in the world. Protestant churches are small, with little or no resources or practical theological training for their ministers and, um, and how they can be church in this very secular culture. There's a huge worldview gap between the church and culture and an express perception by secular people that the church is not a safe space. This gap between church and society makes it really difficult for conversation and community to develop between people of faith and those who are outside the church. And almost impossible for people to find a place where they can ask questions related to God and life. Our work uh, is that we seek to create and assist in the development of safe spaces that express the fullness of the gospel message where people can come to recognize both themselves and others as valued creations of God and to live out these understandings in practical ways in their everyday life. 
This includes work in Spain and throughout Europe via a partnership with the U uh, European Baptist Federation and the International Baptist Theological Study Center with pastors and Christian leaders to help them develop practical ways for sharing their faith and learning to listen to unchurched people and the questions that they have. It also includes practicing our faith and love by engaging in social ministries with immigrants and refugees and others through our work with our Spanish nonprofit called Grupo 514, Group 514. The name comes from Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, which states, For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Today, our scripture focus comes from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 through 21. The writer of Hebrews ends the letter with a benediction or a blessing to those whom he is writing. And he writes, now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, Christ, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Today, I want us to consider a couple of movements within this blessing. The first movement we see immediately in these verses. Now may the God of peace. This seems like an important starting place. The writer uh, wastes no time at all in searching who he knows God to be, the God of peace. And the Greek word that the writer uses here captures the fullness of the Hebrew understanding of peace, shalom. This is the understanding that is more than just the absence of war. This is the understanding that it is, more, it is an understanding that includes one's emotional, their physical, their mental, their spiritual state. Rabbi Robert Kahn of Houston, Texas explains the difference between peace as understood by Romans and the Roman, during the Roman Empire, and shalom as understood in the Jewish tradition. He writes, one can dictate peace. Shalom is a mutual agreement. Peace is a temporary pact. Shalom is a permanent agreement. One can make a peace treaty. Shalom is a condition of peace. Peace can be negative. The absence of commotion. Shalom is positive, the presence of serenity. Peace can be partial. Shalom is whole. Peace can be piecemeal. Shalom is complete. Peace here is about a way of being in the world. The suggestion is that wholeness, completeness, health, safety and prosperity. There's the idea that, that peace is, is always there. It is bigger than our current situation. The God of peace, the one who is whole, complete, safe, loving, creator, always present, always the same. It is not easy to feel and experience this type of peace in our lives. But here in this blessing, the writer is reminding us that, 
that the God that we serve is a God of peace. And it's really good to remember that we serve a God of peace. Especially in the ministry that we do in the Barcelona area. For the past 10 years, Matt and I have had the privilege to walk alongside and volunteer each week at a food bank that's the ministry of the Baptist Church in Cerdanola, a town that is just right outside of Barcelona. One day, not too long ago, we met Mark while we were there working. Mark is a refugee claimant. He and his family fled their house in the middle of the night because their lives had been threatened. He had a good job in his home country. He worked very hard. Then one day, people stopped him on his way home from work. They pulled him into a van. They showed him pictures of his kids and his wife, and he told them that they would kill him if he didn't agree to start making a monthly payment to them. He didn't know what to do, and really, what can you do when you get that? So he agreed. And all was well. He started paying this group of people. And that was until he lost his job because of an economic downturn and he couldn't make the payments. But you see, the people wanted him to continue to make the payments. They didn't care that he didn't have a job. And so one day they picked him up again and they told him that if he didn't start resuming the payments, that he would first, they would first take one of their daughters and then the other one, and then the son, and then the wife, he would ki they would kill them all until he, at last he was left so that he could make those payments. And then if he didn't, they would take his life as well. So under the cover of darkness, they fled one night with just a suitcase apiece for their family, and they managed to find a plane ticket to Europe with some help. They hoped that that would take them far enough away from these men. We met Mark and his wife and kids several weeks later. They had made their way through Europe, sleeping in parks along the way. And they were at the food bank asking for assistance. They were without papers, without money, and living in a temporary room in the back of a store. We gave the, the food bank gave them a, a emergency food uh, box, and we were able, through gifts that churches like yours give to ministry, to offer them some emergency financial assistance to help them get on their feet a little bit. We shared with them connections of places to get assistance in enrolling their children in school because wouldn't you know, they got to the wrong government official the first time and they said, you can't enroll your children in school. And yes, they can. So we helped them find the right people that could help them with that. We gave them connections for jobs to find some temporary work. We prayed for them. We connected with him with a larger circle of community. But to be honest, it seemed like very little. Here was a family who had nothing. They were not at peace. And to be honest, we weren't at peace either. But the grace of God is bigger than we can imagine. This beautiful family used the information they were given to begin to get help. They managed to get appointments to claim refugee status, to get their kids enrolled in school. And the day before school began, we got a message. They needed some assistance because in Spain, you actually have to buy your school books and carry them with you to school. 
So they asked if we could help with that. So we met them at the, the local store where you buy your school supplies. And I walked in with the mother and we had the list for each of the three kids to buy their materials. And we were inside shopping and gathering the information. And outside were Matt and Mark. And they were talking. And Mark said to Matt, he said, you know, as hard as it is here, with no place to live yet, no jobs, no papers, at least we're safe. At least my kids have a chance to live. And at about that same time, the oldest daughter, who's still in elementary school, walked outside and overheard what was being said. And she said, yeah, at least here we won't die. Mark and Matt both started tearing up. But this is the reality of the situation they live. At least here we won't die. The change that we have seen in Mark and his wife and the kids since those first few weeks has really been amazing. The kids are ecstatic to live in Spain. They are so happy. They are making friends. And as every parent knows, that's the key. If your kids are happy, you can be happy. They love their school and they're growing. Mark and his wife volunteer each week when they don't have temporary work at the food bank. Why? Because they want to give back. To where they have received help, they want to give back. And recently, the whole church in Sarah Daniola gathered to throw a baby shower because they just recently had their fourth baby in Spain. Things are not easy for them. Please pray that they will find jobs and receive the paperwork they need to live long-term in Spain. But you know, there's a peace about them that is now evident in each and every interaction. The God of peace is working in their lives and through their lives. And how do we know that this peace that we see in the lives of people like Mark and his family, um, how do we know this peace and feel it in our lives that this is God's transformative peace. Well, this is the second movement in these verses that I want to focus our attention on. The writer of Hebrews begins, may the God of peace, and then in verse 21 he continues, equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus every good thing that is pleasing to him. The transforming power of God's peace becomes evident in our lives because God, through the power of Jesus Christ, is equipping us to do God's will. We slowly become people of peace, of shalom, people who reflect the God who is shaping us. It was the first baby dedication that we had had been asked to do as part of Mosaic, which is the, the ministry that we do with Pastor Nelson that you heard about on the video. It was started in partnership with the First Baptist Church of Sabaday. Pastor Nelson is the pastor there. And Mosaic is a gathering for people who are interested in exploring their questions about God, Jesus, life together as community, and what it means to be a person of faith. 
It is a safe space in our community where you can be who you are, you can ask questions, you can study the Bible together, and begin to practice a life of Christian faith. Matt was particularly nervous about the baby dedication. I was out of town, so it all kind of fell on him this Sunday. And he was a little nervous about it because he really wanted it to be special for our friends Ellie and Cleve and their baby Kyle. And he knew that a lot of family and friends were being invited. So he did what we do when we have to speak in Spanish, which means we over-prepare. We write everything out and we make sure that it, our Spanish is correct and Matt handed it off to our son and had him look over it and he was like, all right, you're not gonna embarrass me with that Spanish, that's good. And, he practiced saying it a few times to make sure that he could pronounce everything correct, correctly, and then the morning of the dedication arrived. They gathered early to set the room up, and we set up the space of mosaic to look like a living room because we want people to feel at home. We want to take away as many barriers as we can so that they can hear that they are loved by God. And so we create this nice safe space of the living room and the people start coming in and it's a small gathering of people. We usually don't have very many, like 10 people come maybe. But this particular day, there were about 30, 40 people there, which is quite a large group. And actually, because of the situation in Spain, that's a pretty large <laughs> gathering for a religious church service. The average church size in Spain is around 50. We have one church for every 21,000 people, one Protestant church for every 21,000 people in our region. So they prepared for about 30. It was filling up and in the back of the room, Matt noticed the, these couple of young people come in and sit down and so he greeted them and welcomed them to Mosaic and he realized that they didn't um, relate, sorry, I, I had the Spanish word come into my head and I could not get it. They didn't relate to anyone. They weren't friends or family of anyone in the church. And so he went over, he introduced himself, and they said they were from the local university. They actually, believe it or not, had been assigned a, a, an assignment about religious faith. And so they were there doing an investigation, doing a study to see what this was all about. And so Matt took the time to explain what was going to happen because, you know, if you haven't grown up in church, you don't know what all of this stuff is. It was the very first time that they had ever set foot in a church. They were college age. So he explained all of that and the service started and it was just a wonderfully chaotic time of music, of prayer, of small group interaction, um, using a homiletic that Matt is developing as part of his um, PhD studies that he's doing. And it was just everything that he had hoped for. And it was really a loving gathering of friends and family in a living room that happened to be in a church, Fellowship Hall. Um, and a wonderful time of engaging in communion with God and other people. And then the dedication portion of it all started. And there was a special song, and Matt had special words for Kyle, the baby, for the family, for the friends, and everyone gathered. 
And at one point, he looked over to the, the young girl, college-age girl that had shown up, and her name is Maria. He looked at Maria, and she was experiencing, remember, this church for the very first time, and tears were streaming down her face. The look on her face was really just one of all. So after the service, he went up and, and spoke with her and learned a little bit more about why they were there, why they were there. Maria was brought to tears, she said, because she had never experienced the love that she saw and felt during Mosaic. She had so many questions. She wanted to learn more. But the tears were tears of joy, of longing, of hope, and wonder at a powerful love of God. This is what it means to be equipped, to be empowered by the Spirit of Christ for every good thing that is pleasing to God. In the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus commissions his followers by saying, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. The love that Maria felt that day in Mosaic is an embodiment of the way that God the Father sent Jesus to serve and minister in the world. He healed, he taught, and he loved people in a way that they had never experienced before. People received this love of God so that they could then give this love. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. James joined a training course for church leaders and pastors that Matt was teaching because he was struggling himself. Active in his local church, he felt tired and unsure where his future might lead him. He felt called to serve in ministry in some way, but was really unsure how that would take shape. And he found himself weary because of expectations that his congregation had placed on him. He was a young adult. And from this setting, James joined others in exploring mission and calling through the course. As the weeks went on, James seemed to gain energy and confidence and hope. He said, I always knew that ministry was God's, not ours. But I ne it never really clicked that this meant I was called to join God and participate in God's ministry. I think that a huge change for me is that I am now asking God to show me where God is working in my community and in my church. Before, I felt like I was trying to force things to create ministry to young people, create ministry to our community, create things to do. And I was always getting tired. Maybe I was forcing things. Now I pray that God will show me where to start, that God will help me discern. Now I focus on building relationships, trying to really see people in my neighborhood. I know God's working here. I pray for eyes to see it. The writer of Hebrews ends his letter with a blessing, a prayer of what he hopes will come to be. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, 
and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. This is our hope for the ministry in which we are involved in Barcelona. We hope that the God of peace will transform us by doing, will transform us by God's love, and in doing so, equip us with all we need for doing God's will. And that by the power of continuing work of Christ in this world, as we are transformed, so others will be transformed around us. Because the type of equipping that we are talking about here really is about so much more than us. It is about bringing glory to God. And so I end this morning with a question for all of you. How are you being equipped for ministry that God is calling you to in this community? And I pray that the God of peace will open your eyes to see where God is working and how God is drawing you to participate. And may God provide you with all you need to participate in every good work that God is doing right here in your own backyard. Amen.